our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Do you want to have the happiest birth experience of your life? Well, you can. It's entirely possible, and here's how you can do it. Ann Margolis of Home Sweet Home Birth has created the Love Your Birth course for you. Whether you're a first-time mom, an experienced mama, regardless of where you plan to birth, home, a hospital, birth center, or a planned or unplanned C-section, you really can have the delivery of your dreams. Love Your Birth is an obstetrician and midwife recommended online course that takes you from pregnancy to postpartum bliss. Now, Anne, a sweet friend of ours who was on the show in episode 24 titled Normal, Natural, and Joyful Birth, has over 20 years of experience in midwifery and gynecology practice. She is a powerhouse in the birthing community, and she has taken everything that she's learned, trained, and how she's supported women for over 20 years in her private practice. She's poured all of that love, passion, knowledge, and experience into creating the Love Your Birth course. And we are really excited at doing it at home to partner with Anne to offer our listeners, because we love you so much, $20 off when you purchase the course and use the code D-I-A-H-O-M-E. To get details and to sign up for the course, go to homesweethomebirth.com slash loveyourbirth and remember, use that code D-I-A-H-O-M-E for $20 off. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It At Home. Hey guys, welcome to the Doing It At Home podcast. Today is a great episode for you Ina Mae Gaskin fans out there, and I'm sure there are quite a few if you are listening to this podcast. We're chatting with Katie and hearing both of her birth stories that happened at the farm. Yes, the farm. <laughs> if you're not familiar with the farm or Ina Mae Gaskin, you're going to learn in this episode a little bit more. And I also really recommend checking her out on Google and learning her books and all things about the farm. It's some really amazing stuff. So Katie had both of her sons, Cash and Elon, at the farm with even some of the founding members who are still there and serving as midwives. So that's some really cool stuff. And one thing that I really appreciate about Katie's story and her perspectives on birth is that she says birth isn't something that happens to you. It's something you get to experience. And I really appreciate that. And I think a lot of moms out there can relate to that. 
And Katie also has a really cool connection with home birth in that her great-grandmother had 17 babies at home. Can you believe that? (laughs) That is incredible. So without any further ado, here is our conversation with Katie. Hi, Katie. How's it going? Hi, guys. How are y'all? Awesome. Doing fantastic. We are super excited to... Yeah, we're excited to hang out with you today, Katie, and thanks for joining us on the Doing It at Home podcast. Uh, it's my absolute pleasure. I'm so thankful that I was able to get in and discuss <laughs> my home births with you guys. Yeah, and I'm really excited because today, as we're recording this, is actually International Women's Day. So happy day to you, my fellow woman. You too. <laughs> you too. And we're going to be talking about birth and babies, one there of the most go. amazing things that women do on this earth. So I'm excited yes. about that. Um, yes, Katie, why don't you just, to, to kick us off, start a, um, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about you and your family, where you're from. Okay. Um, I just turned 31 yesterday. Oh, happy birthday. Um, Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, My husband is 32. We've been together since we were 19 and 20. Um, Married married for six years. Um, Our little guy, his name is Elon, and he is um, seven and a half months old. And our big guy is Cash, and he is um, two years and almost eight months. Um, We live... Um, outside of Nashville, Tennessee, um, I run a Dairy Queen that's inside of a hospital full time, and I'm an independent uh, retailer with uh, Lularoe Fashion on the side. And then my husband works from home. Um, he has several um, different online businesses that he does, and our children go to daycare part time. Um, and then he's with them. He's like the best stay at home dad there ever was. That's so cool. Um, yeah, it is. It is really awesome. Um, anybody that can have one or both parents home, oh, man, it's like a blessing for mm-hmm. sure. It makes things a lot easier when you have children <laughs> to have one person at home. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, we, yeah. You know, Sarah and I, um, when we decided we wanted to have kids, we started rearranging some of our work, and now we work uh-huh. almost exclusively from home. So for that, for that very reason that you just said, I mean, it's it's been a huge. Um, I don't know. It's been a. I love it. I, you know, I love being able to spend as much time as I want with Maya and, and with Sarah. So we're uh, we're on the we're on board with you on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. That's one thing I do love about my full time job is that I get to make my own schedule. And I usually get here at six and I leave at two, so I have most of my afternoon and evening with the kids. Nice. Um, which yeah, which makes it a little bit easier being away from them all the time. So yeah, that's beautiful. We're just living our sweet little life. And- <laughs> The suburbs of Nashville. That's awesome. So you and Jimmy um, have been together a really long time, which is I think is so cool. You've kind of like gone through all these life stages together and grown up in a sense together. Um, And now you have made life together. That's amazing. Um, Yeah. How how did you guys decide on your birthing plan? Because yours – definitely falls under the umbrella of home birth, but, you know, I'll let you get into it as we move further along. It's not your typical at-your-own-house home birth type of thing. So without giving anything away, like, how did you come to your decision process of that? 
Um, to be perfectly honest with you, we just kind of knew that we didn't want to have our baby in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, we're pretty holistic in that aspect. We don't take a lot of pain meds. We kind of work things out, um, yoga for stress and, you know, muscle issues, things like that. Um, and I didn't, I didn't want to be put in a situation where I had to be induced or there was going to be an emergency C-section and where we live, um, where we were living at the time, we were living in Nashville and, you know, there are a few birthing centers here and a few midwives, but, you know, after looking at them and their reputation and I had joined, um, a mom group, um, even before having a baby with a friend of mine and getting their opinions on their home birth and none of them had been to the farm and I had been to the farm and I had, um, my mother is, um, the hardcore hippie. And so that's totally her thing. And, um, we watched the business of being born and, um, I just kind of knew, you know, if they'll have me, I want to have my baby at the farm. Explain real quick, explain what the farm is. Okay. The farm is a commune that was established in the early 1970s. Um, several, um, educated college graduated individuals got in a caravan and drove cross country and bought a large piece of farmland um, from a farmer in Summertown, Tennessee. And they set up roots. They, or they implanted roots, I guess the better way to say Um, they all lived, you know, in this beautiful farm community and a lot of them still live there today. Um, And they all started having babies and they didn't have anybody to help have their babies. So um, a couple of the women, Ina Mae, who is most famous of them, they decided that they would become midwives. And so they all went to school and um, they're all certified nurse midwives. They um, practice out, you know, they have their own clinic, but they are under an OBGYN at Murray Regional Hospital there um, in Columbia, Tennessee, which is about 15 minutes away. And they're, um, you know, they're just a bunch of beautiful women who love babies and love the women who have babies. And they have created this um, phenomenon across the globe with their education and their understanding of how women's bodies work and trusting that, you know, vaginas do open up and babies do come out. And, you know, if that's the route that you want to go, they, they create this beautiful kind of platform for you to trust in yourself and they're your guide. And, you know, they, they just kind of keep you on the right track of how you want things to go. That's beautiful. That's so, so cool. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> they're, they're awesome. They're awesome, awesome people. And I always recommend if anybody even gets the chance to go up there that they that they totally should with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps> no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
So we're gonna put a link on the yeah. um, on the show notes. This episode will a link out to the website for the farm, mm-hmm. so that everyone listening can go check it out. And if you're in the area, if you live in the you know southeast United States, definitely go make a trip. A lot of women to um, travel um, very far distance to come to the farm. They still do. Oh, wow. um, I know that I listened to a podcast once. A lady was living in Mississippi, and she drove her and her family drove up, and she had her baby at the farm. Wow. Um, back in the back in the day, people would fly here from other countries and stay for like the last month of their pregnancy mm. and work with the land and live with the midwives and, um, you know, just kind of take that time to really gather themselves and their bodies to prepare for birth and motherhood. Mm-hmm. So it's a really awesome place. It's so cool. Yeah. I, bet <laughs> I feel there are like a lot such of... a nerd. Yeah, I bet there are, I was just going to say, there are a lot of listeners who, when they first heard you say the farm, like Ina May nerds, were totally geeking out. <laughs> like, really, what? <laughs> wow. Okay, so the farm, the farm it is for yeah. you guys. Mm-hmm. And then what was your, your process like over the course of your pregnancies um, and your preparation, you know, having to travel back and forth? What was that like? Well, I pretty much had to take a day off of work each time because mm-hmm. it's two hours from where I live. So my husband went to every single appointment. Um, the first appointment you go and you just kind of make sure you're pregnant like you would at the doctor's office. And, you know, you just kind of discuss how things are going. Um, when I called initially, you know, they said, all right, give us your name and phone number and we'll call you back. And I said, okay. So I gave him my name and phone number and Joanne called me back and she was my midwife. And we went down there and um, we were at her house for about an hour and a half, um, just getting to know her. And, you know, she answered every question that we had. She gave us all kinds of information, told us all, all about them and their, you know, their way. And, and it was just kind of like, it was like hanging out with your favorite aunt. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then she gets to deliver your baby. So, um, after that appointment, you know, like everybody else, we went month to month. Um, they don't do any ultrasounds. Um, so we never got to see our first baby. Um, we got to hear his heartbeat. Um, they do, you know, you go to the hospital, they do all your, you know, blood work. They check your iron. There's a glucose test. But the glucose test is awesome because they prick your finger like you are already a diabetic. And that's how they read your blood sugar. Mm-hmm. There's none of that liquid sugar drink that yeah. you have to consume and wait a while mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was yeah really i had the same thing yeah that. yeah they told me to just eat a massive breakfast which oh, i was like oh. okay that's no problem <laughs> not at all <laughs> have, like yep. the biggest yep. breakfast of my life and then did the test <laughs> yeah yours was high, two hours it? later oh no you're silly you don't remember um yeah okay cool so and we also we were just stalking joanne for a second as you're talking and she has done over a thousand births yes she has (laughs) she has mama she has yeah she's um she is i want to say 70 71 now uh yeah she's done a lot of births she's uh she was a she sorry was a teacher um when she like her education was in education Mm. when she came over um with everybody else from California to start the farm and she taught and she still teaches 
they do lots of, um, they do like, um, advanced midwifery training Mm -hmm. and they also do like training for midwives and doulas, um, all like all year round. And Joanne is pretty much, um, in the forefront of that. And with my first pregnancy, I actually partook in, I think, three of the different classes where I came in and had my exam done by uh, midwives, like, in training. So that was fun. Oh, wow. Because there was a girl there from Brazil, and there were girls from California, and um, it was nice to meet other people who were just as stoked about, you know, babies as I was. So, yeah. Yeah, there. Wow. So you got a lot out of this, this process from, you know, education to community, um, Mm -hmm. all of that. Um, how was, how was Jimmy throughout the process and what was it like for him from what you remember? So my husband is, um, a rock. Like Mm -hmm. he is cool. He is so cool. Like I'm the loud and obnoxious and crazy (laughs) one. And he's just like very chill. You know, he's, was just like along for the ride because you know he's very supportive and this is your body and this is your choice and you know if I don't support what you want to do you are not going to be successful so you know he supported the whole pregnancy the whole labor and delivery all the year long of crazy breastfeeding um and still does so he's you know, he would just tell you, you know, my wife had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, uh, she, it, it, what his answer is always, my wife had a baby without drugs. Mm. So she's a badass. That's you. That's pretty much his uh, take on all of it. Um, he liked the fact that, you know, we were with the same person too. Mm. There wasn't, we didn't always have to answer a million times who we were and what we were about because they already knew. Mm, um, yeah. But he, but he didn't like the driving because, you know, at, cer- at a certain point I was like, I'm not driving. You get to drive the four hour round trip. So, but other than that, yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty cool, dude. Um, Way to go, Jimmy. That's awesome. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's a, he's a great, a great partner, great father. Um, I'm very, very fortunate to have him. That's for sure. That's beautiful. And um, how about how about the rest of your family and extended friends um, watching you go through the process? Were you sharing your plans and what you were doing? And what was some of the conversation and feedback around that? Um, yes, of, of course I shared because I love to share. And I think that it's um, – I have, I have one of those girls that kind of has a problem with sharing. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, my very best friend in the whole wide world is a physical therapist and her mother is a nurse practitioner. So of course they were very like, you're insane. Mm. Mm. We can't, you know, like, are you sure? Like, is this safe? You know, millions and millions of questions. And now that I've done it twice, she is pregnant and, um, is, has changed her ideas about, um, about birth and she's not having a home birth, but she is going to do her best to, have it as natural as possible, which makes me really happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my my parents, my dad was kind of like, oh, do they monitor? Like, are, are we going to know anything? Like, do they do blood work? And I was like, yes, dad. Like, they still have, you know, guidelines that they have to follow and rules. Like, it's not just a free-for-all. Like, mm-hmm. there's definitely, you know, they, they vet you probably more than anybody else. 
because, you know, they have to almost 98% know for a fact that you're going to be able to have this baby at home Mm -hmm. without drugs. You know, they don't even offer an epidural. So, you know, they don't offer anything. So, you know, they, they, they pretty much have to know, you know, they, they monitor everything very closely. So, um, that was always a huge concern for a lot of, um, my friends. Now my mother was all for it. Um, my grandmother is the eldest of 13 Wow. and her, her mother had, um, 17 babies at home. Whew. So, so I figured if she could do it, um, at their, at their farm and not see a doctor for, you know, a day or two afterwards, if she could do that and lived through all of it, that I definitely could. And, um, yeah, the, the, a lot of the being in, working in a hospital, um, where my restaurant is, you know, I was told, Oh, epidurals are God's gift to women. <laughs> and you never know, you could be that 2% of people who ends up you know, having crazy something happen while you're in labor. What if you go over? When are they induced? Do Mm -hmm. they induce? And it was just kind of like, you know, they like, they make sure that you're okay. At a certain point, they will send you to an OB. They will check your fluids. But, but my first child was 13 days late and Mm -hmm. I did not dilate, but a centimeter the whole time that he was super late. So, and they just were like, all right, well, you'll have the baby when you do, if you hit, yeah. If you hit 42 weeks, we'll send you, you know, up the street. And um, that, I mean, that was everybody's concern was how do they handle the the scary stuff? And, mm-hmm. you know, these women have been doing this for so long. Nothing scares them. Right. And, you know, if they feel uncomfortable, they will let you know. And that is when, you know, things will change. You will no longer be in control. But they have to really be uncomfortable with the situation. So, it um, it made me very comfortable, so I didn't really care what anybody else thought. Mm-hmm. My husband was game, and I was game, and that's all that mattered. So that's awesome. Know, that's awesome. Went for it. <laughs> yeah, like hearing you describe those questions in the "you could be the two percent of people." Like it, it puts me back into those similar types of conversations that Sarah and I had, and like that was a huge reason why we were we just said no to hospitals because. They'll focus on the on on the two percent chance, and mm-hmm. do all the things around preparing for that two percent chance, and and really just fixate on the on the fears and the what ifs. And then I don't know. In my opinion, you end up creating those things because that's what you're focused on most of the time. So I, yeah. you know, what what you just described. I mean, that totally resonated with me. Yeah, I think that your energy and the energy that you give off has a lot to do with how your circumstance becomes. Oh yeah. And so, you know, like you said, if you're focusing on all the negativity and the, and the fact that it could, you know, a lot of the times that's what does happen. So yeah. For sure it's, it's, yeah. And, and when like, you have, and when you're surrounded by all that, it just makes it worse. So absolutely. I just stopped listening to negative, negative stuff. I didn't let people tell me their negative birth stories. I didn't let people, you know, tell me that, you know, at one point when people would start to tell me, especially as I got more and more pregnant, oh, are you sure you want to do this? Yes. And that's all that we need to discuss because, mm. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't need your negativity and my baby can hear you already and they don't need to hear it either. Mm. So, you know, 
Kudos to you for taking that stand, (laughs) by the way. It's it's hard being, um, it's, you know, hard being a pregnant lady because everybody thinks that they can touch you and tell you, give you their opinions and tell you how you should do things. And that's not, I mean, that's why we're given choices so that we can make them for ourselves is what I really think. Mm. So, and I'm a little bit crazy. So (laughs) that goes with the territory. Um, I'm still kind of thinking about great grandmother who had 17 babies at home. So okay. I'm, I'm a few minutes behind yeah. still, still processing that. <laughs> I didn't know my she eyes did. could like get she so big. Did. That is, that is, wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. She lived a nice long life too. She did. I think, I think she lived to be 80 something. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, yeah. so, um, birth, for Cash yes. and Elon, how were they? How were they similar? How can you compare those a little bit and how the experiences went um, down on the farm? <laughs> sure. So Cash, like I said, was 13 days late. He was due July 3rd, and um, on the 15th, um, around 11:30, um, I thought I had to go to the bathroom. Did not have to go to the bathroom. That was not the problem. Um, I was showing, you know, the first signs of labor. That was a contraction I thought was me having to go to the bathroom. So, so I took a shower and told my husband, I said, okay, well, I'm going to take a shower because this will probably be the last shower I get to be ever take without being a mother. So I'm going to take a shower. And, um, he started gathering our stuff. He called the midwife because, you know, first baby, I was like, we got a two hour ride. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really know how this is going to go. Baby's so late. Like he could just shoot out. Mm-hmm. So around one thirty, we finally got to leave because I ended up getting sick. I threw up like two or three times mm-hmm. and I was like, please don't be that person that pukes the whole time they're in labor, mm-hmm. you know, cause that would be horrible. So we drive down there and Jimmy does like 90 the whole way. I call my dad because my parents were living in Louisiana at the time. And my mom had already been there for two weeks waiting on the baby to get here. Hmm. So I called my dad and I was like, Hey, just so you know, like whenever you get up, you might want to like get in the car and come up here mm-hmm. because I'm going to have a baby. And he was like, okay. So he scooped my brother up and they got in the car and they headed up there. And uh, so we got there and, I could not lay down mm. um, to, it was the worst pain ever. And when I started contractions with cash, they came every two, two and a half minutes and they were legit contractions. So um, when we got there, we called uh, Joanne and she was like, okay, well, when I get up, I will come over there. And I was like, well, she's pretty secure in that I'm not having this baby immediately. And I think it was because, you know, I could have a conversation with her at that point. Mm. Um, so she came over around 6.30 and she, te- she checked me and I was only at a two. And at that point I was like, well, that kind of sucks. I've been doing this for a long time, sitting on the toilet because I couldn't, I couldn't lay down. And um, so eventually um, I decided I'm going to, I'm going to get in the bathtub. So Jimmy and I, you know, he ran the water as hot as he could. And um, we lit some candles and he and I just hung out in the bathroom and um, just it was quiet and they came and they went and they came and they went and they were they were powerful, but they weren't anything that I felt like I couldn't handle. 
so, you know, they would check me and they would check his heart rate. And, um, at, you know, at this point we, we weren't sure if it was a boy or a girl. Um, and it was pretty much like that for a while around three o'clock that afternoon, I hit 10 centimeters and she said, do you have the urge to push? And I said, well, I'm not really sure because I, I didn't. And now, you know, thinking back after I was like, I don't remember feeling the urge to push. And mm-hmm. I think that I needed to have waited, um, because I ended up pushing for three hours. Oh, wow. Um, I pushed laying down, I pushed in a chair, I used the, um, I can't think of the technical term for it, that giant thick woven scarf uh, wrapped around Jimmy's shoulders, bearing down on him, poor guy. Hmm. Um, And then come to find out part of the problem was that I had to pee and I couldn't pee. Um, So they had to like cast me just the tiniest bit and, um, Finally, you know, probably 10 or 15 minutes later, with a few pushes, he was out. And um, he had the cord wrapped around his leg, and Joanne moved the cord. And um, I got to say that it was a boy, and it was a really amazing, awesome experience. (laughs) Um, Because Jimmy was sitting on the bed, and I was um, in the squatted position, which is where I was most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and he was holding me, and you know, I got to hold the baby almost immediately. Um, you know, and it was, it was awesome. I did because I had been pushing for so long. I did tear, Mm -hmm. um, which no woman wants to experience, but I think I would rather, um, tear a little bit and have 12 stitches than have someone cut me. Yeah. Um, I've heard episiotomies are horrible. Um, the recovery for those is way worse. But, um, yeah, I got on the bed and, um, he started rooting immediately and then peed all over me and, um, (laughs) (laughs) he marked his territory and, uh, and yeah. And then it's with both boys delivering the placenta took a really long time, Hmm. which can be scary, you know, because if it's in there too long, um, you have to have it removed. Right. Then I was like terrified of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then with Elon, um, very similar, um, the Braxton Hicks started way earlier with him. So, um, I also had at six weeks, a subcurinic hemorrhage. I was at work and, um, went home and had, had had some bleeding. And I was like, well, this is really strange. But, you know, if I miscarry, I miscarry, and it will be a devastating loss. But, you know, it happens for whatever reason that it happens. So I had called my friend's mother and sent her pictures, as gross as that is, but she's a nurse practitioner, and she said it could be or it couldn't be, but I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just give it a few days. So I bought a bunch of dollar pregnancy tests and took one every day to make sure that the line was still pink. Not that that meant anything. But you never know. I was oh. like, oh, well, if it just keeps getting darker, then I'm getting more pregnant. Is what, is what I was thinking. <laughs> and, then the, and then the day before Thanksgiving, I was here at work. And we were so busy, as we usually are. And I had a pain so severe um, in the area where, like, my ovary is on the left side that I could barely stand up. So thankfully, being in a hospital, I walked on over to the women's emergency room and I said, I'm not really sure, but I hope I'm not having an ectopic pregnancy because I'm only 
29 and I do not want to lose my insides. Mm. So, um, you know, they checked me out and I was still pregnant. And that was the very first time I had an ultrasound ever in my life. And there was a heartbeat. So we knew that everything was okay. But basically what had happened was um, there was, in layman's terms, a spot between the lining of your uterus and the embryo. And as the embryo grows, it pushes whatever material is there Mm -hmm. out of the way to get to the lining of the uterus, which comes out of your vagina Mm -hmm. and is scary because it's clumpy and gross and looks like you could be having a miscarriage. Wow. Um, Yeah. So, and at that point, you know, I was only six weeks pregnant. We were going to try to stay closer to home and have a baby in a hospital with midwife. So, you know, we, after that, I called them and made an appointment and we went and, you know, I had brought all the stuff I got from imaging, all the, all the reports and all this stuff. And the midwives at that clinic didn't even, weren't even phased. And the girl was telling me that they had eight midwives and you'll meet all of them over the course of the pregnancy. And then that day, whoever is on call is who will deliver your baby. And we were just kind of like, okay, okay. So we made our other appointment and then Jimmy had met me here in Nashville with cash. And on our way home, I just like cried. I was like, I can't, I can't do that. Like that is not for me. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't like as much as I thought, yeah, I could do that. It, it was like the total opposite. I was like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to agree to any of that. Mm. Like I need, I need Joanne. I need <laughs> the farm. Like I need to know that the same, you know, the same person's going to be there. Yeah. So I called her and she was like, of course, of course, you know, she had a, a girl due at the very beginning of July and I was due mid July with Elon. And so she was like, yeah, absolutely. And, we went down there, and that was all she wrote, man. Um, lots of Braxton Hicks. His pregnancy around my birthday, so around this time last year, was horrendous. I had a stomach bug. Um, I puked for two days. And then that went away, and then came the heartburn and all the horrible things that go along with pregnancy. And then um, on July... 14th at 3 a.m. I was like oh yeah that's totally a contraction (sighs) so I got up I got well I had been having like intense Braxton Hicks so I had a feeling that like he was coming sooner than later because we found out um at 15 weeks um that we were going to have a boy because we wanted to know if it was a girl we were going to need lots of stuff but if it was a boy they basically were going to fall in line with one another and we wouldn't have to buy really anything right nice So, um, so yeah, at like three that morning, I was like, oh yeah, that's totally, so I got up and, um, same thing as last time. And I took a shower and, um, called my assistant manager and I said, you know, Bridget, I'm really sorry, but you're going to have to deal with corporate today because there's no way I'm coming to work because I'm going to have a baby today. And she was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I called my midwife around six and, you know, I told her, you know, they've been, they were a little bit more sporadic, but but more intense than they were with cash. And um, she was like, okay, well, whenever you're ready, just come on down here. So we scooped up cash, and I called my mom. And my mom was coming anyways because cash's birthday was that Saturday, and we had a, this big party planned at our house. And um, 
so my mom made her way down. We met my mother-in-law um, who lived in that area at the Dollar General. And then I was like, oh, great. I forgot sheets for the bed. So I'm in the Dollar General having contractions, trying to pick out oh sheets <laughs> for the uh, bed <laughs> that I was going to have a baby on. And I was in the checkout line. And then at this point, I was like, I don't care. All the caffeine, I need it. So I was like drinking a Starbucks, like having a contraction in the middle of the Dollar General. And the cashier was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm just like having a baby. It feels like you're having a baby. <laughs> it was one of my favorite moments of his birth. Um, and then, so we get there and, and at like nine, we got there and Joanne came over and she checked me. And again, I was only at a two. I was like, I've been in labor for six hours and I'm not, I've not gotten anywhere because with the second pregnancy, I did not want to know how far I had dilated until I knew I was in labor because it, it's so disheartening, mm-hmm. you know, when they're like, Oh, you're only at a centimeter or, Oh, you're only at two centimeters. And you're like super pregnant. And you're like, all I want to do is dilate and have this baby. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all I want to do. And, um, so she was like, okay, well, I've got some things I got to do. So I'm going to be next door. If you need me, call me. I'm like, okay. So I called my friend Chelsea, who is a birth photographer and a birth enthusiast. enthusiast and she um, made the drive down from Nashville. And uh, we had bought a kiddie pool um, because I was like, the tub was great, but it wasn't big enough. So my husband inflated this kiddie pool and he's filling it up. And, you know, we would run out of hot water. So then would I have to like wait and then... Um, for him to like fill it up again for the water to get hot. So Chelsea and I are just hanging out and Jimmy's doing Jimmy stuff. And I was like eating pineapple and trying really hard to not pay attention to how intense my, my contractions were because they were, it was, it was nuts. Um, we moved, we finally moved to the bedroom. Um, Joanne came over at noon and I was at a four and she was like, okay, awesome. Like you're in active labor. And I was like, sweet. Like, let's, Let's get this go- this party started, you know? Let's do this. And Yeah. And I'm sitting there, and Chelsea's sitting on the bed, and Jimmy is, you know, running back and forth to the faucet with this pool. And I'm, I'm looking at my friend, and I was like, I don't – I honestly don't think that I'm going to be able to, like, handle much more of this. And I never felt that way with cash, so it was like a brand-new experience. Hmm. And she was like, no, like, that's really good. And I was like, well, I hope that you're right because this is awful. And, um, next thing I know, I was like, Oh, I got to pee. And I knew with the last time that if I didn't pee now, once he started to really drop, I was going to be in trouble. So I got up, my husband helped me up out of the, out of the kiddie pool. And I go to the bathroom and I was able to pee. And I said, Jimmy, I feel like I still have to pee, but like, I can't pee. And he was like, okay. So he like ran to our little kit and got peppermint because I had read that that can help relax your muscles. Hmm. So he put a few drops in the toilet and, um, next thing I know I stood up and my water just like dropped in the middle of the floor in the bathroom, like all over the rug, all over the floor, all over Chelsea's feet. (laughs) And I, I, I was like, I was, I started pushing like my body was like, okay, baby's coming. And I was like, Jimmy call Joanne like right now, like I cannot control this. Like she's not here and I'm going to have this baby. So, um, I stood there, um, hunched over the sink and she came in and, um, I had pushed like two more times. Like I couldn't control it. You know, Mm -hmm. there was no, like, 
there was no, oh, Katie, don't push. There was no one telling me not to push. So I just was like letting it happen, you know? And so she was like, hold on, hold on. Like, we need to make sure that you're fully dilated. And I was like, oh my God, is this like seriously happening? The other <laughs> midwife was not there. So Chelsea is like taking notes and holding the, the Doppler on my stomach, like listening to his heart rate. Joanne is like counting. She's checking me. And next thing you know, she's like, okay, you can push, but you have to be really careful because the cord is wrapped around his neck. Mm. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, she's got a finger on his, on his throat and, a, and, and then a finger like moving the cord off of his throat. And so he, you know, I pushed and he just instantly was out, but because she had to basically open me up even further Mama got five more stitches, so that was kind of annoying. Oh man! <laughs> but I had I had, I had delivered him on all four, mm. and so I didn't, you know, quite get to see him. And when she lifted him up, the only thing that I that came out of my mouth was, "Oh my God, you look just like your brother." <laughs> and he was he was just absolutely perfect. Um, and it was, but it was like because it all happened so fast I mean you know from the minute my water broke to them and I had him was like 30 I think 34 minutes wow. Wow. so because when Jimmy called her you know it showed what time he called her and it was 2 30 on the nose and um I had him at 304 hmm. and uh it was crazy it was absolutely crazy but after that birth like because I hadn't been pushing for a million hours and I hadn't been um you know in the squatted position I could like walk I felt like a million bucks because, you know, oh, once, once cool. all that pressure comes off of you, you, you feel after, right after you have a baby, you feel like a brand new person because <laughs> for the last nine months, there's been something in there just like messing stuff up. And, uh, but yeah, so then the, um, apprentice and the other midwife showed up like almost an hour after he was born and we were, excuse me, I had, um, I had to deliver the placenta on the toilet because for some reason I just couldn't push it out. And then, you know, he latched right on and we got to hang out. And then we eventually um, called our mothers and they came and they brought cash. And the next day we had a, a birthday party for him and at the farm. And it was, it was a wonderful uh, family filled baby weekend. Wow. I was wondering if you were gonna if you were gonna have the birthday party if uh, Elon was born close to cash. That's cool that you you still had it. It was like the next day. Uh, well, yeah, because well, no, let's see. Yeah, well, we had him on the fourteenth. We had him that Thursday, and then Saturday, I guess, okay. is when we had on on the sixteenth is when we had Cash's birthday because they keep you there um, for three days minimum, oh, okay. um, but you can stay for up to a week. Um, cause you rent the house and you pay for a week. So like, um, you know, if you want to stay for a week, stay for a week. If you want to rent it for another week, you're welcome to rent it for another week. But I was like, I need internet and I need to get back to like <laughs> kind of some, you know, normalcy cause yeah. you're out in the middle of nowhere. You know, it was really hard to like email or text anybody that, um, was at work or whatever mm. that we had just had him, um, but one thing I forgot to tell you about Cash was that he was, um, the reason it was so painful when I laid down is because he was faced up, Okay. I guess, like his nose was facing, um, 
the front side of my body. Right. So his skull was rubbing on my, um, my spinal cord, Ooh. which is what cost, which is what causes, you know, horrendous pain. I guess they call them sunny side up babies. Yep. And <laughs> in, and, and in, and in Tennessee, you know, that's technically a breech baby. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, and I didn't know that until after Elon was born, a girl that I know here at the hospital, she was sunny side up and they told her that, um, they flipped the baby so that she didn't have to have a C-section. Mm. So they had to manually like oh go in there. Anyways, so, <laughs> and I was like, man, if I had been in a hospital, they would have given me two reasons to have a C-section. One, yeah. I pushed too long. And two, he was sunny side up. Yeah. Oh, but wow. yeah. I love that, that <laughs> phrase, sunny side yeah. up, baby. <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> yeah, that it's, um, you know, a home birth is, is such a wonderful experience. I mean, I don't know what it's like to have a baby in a hospital. I've had a lot of friends um, recently have really great experiences. Their midwives are awesome. They don't have any serious complications. And that's with and without an epidural, with and without Pitocin. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we have a third, which is very unlikely, um, that baby will be born at home too. Mm-hmm. Definitely born at home. I think it's cool but, that yeah. you said that, that you know people who had um, nice hospital births as well. Because, you know, it, yeah. it, it comes up in our show. Like, this show is about doing it at home. But really, Sarah mm-hmm. and I are about um, empowering people to understand that they have options and that they have yeah. choice. And, and so I'm on, I'm on the farm website right now, and I'm seeing, I'm on Joanne's page. And mm-hmm. the, the, there's a sentence in the very last paragraph. I want to read it because it kind of captures what we're saying. Um, Joanne envisions a world in which women and their families have a choice of safe, compassionate birthing options whether it be at the hospital, birth center, or in their very own home. And, you know, that's, that's what the show is about, really. Mm-hmm. You know, letting people know that they have options. And I think for you, it's so cool that you, you looked around and you, you found an option that worked, <clears throat> excuse me, that worked for you and your family with the farm. And I think that's yeah. beautiful. And especially with Elon, when you realize that, you know, I think with Elon, you initially were going were gonna to have him in a hospital with a midwife. Is that correct? Initially, we were. Yeah. Um, we were going to switch it up a little bit. Yeah, and then you just you, you understood that for you, that wasn't going to work, that, that didn't feel right. And so you exercised your right to choose something else. And I think that's, um, that's, you know, that's a beautiful thing in and of itself. Thanks. I, I think it's, you know, I've, as long as I've been an adult woman, I've genuinely believed that, you know, we, we need the right to choose anything. And that, you know, a lot of that, definitely changed when you know I started having children and thinking about you know the fact that there is so little information about out there about um, home birth or natural childbirth you know everybody is so afraid and the media portrays it as this horrendous thing that happens to you not something that you get to experience Mm. and it is it is an experience that you know is so wonderful for some people and other women have serious birth trauma and they're afraid to talk about it because mm-hmm. they're ashamed or they're, you know, they feel like they should be ashamed and they shouldn't. It should be an open topic of conversation that everyone is talking about, mm-hmm. because if we continue the route that we're going, people are going to stop having babies. And I mean, you know, that's way far from now and hopefully not in our lifetime, but, you know, I would hate to see our population 
stopped because people are more and more terrified of something that we as humans have been doing since the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it, yes, unfortunately, there were lots of um, deaths in the past of women and infants because, you know, lack of scientific knowledge but that's so rare even now it's so rare and women are so afraid and i understand the want for drugs i mean man that first baby <laughs> if i'd have known if i'd have known any better if i'd have known i was going to push for 3 hours i probably would have taken the drugs but it didn't and it and it, and it made things better for me and it, it yeah. just made things different that second time around and i think that if you can do it once you can definitely do it twice or even 17 so. times. Right. Or 17 times. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, well, se- several of those were twins, but still, I mean, that's a lot of babies. 17 to, babies to come coming out. down the canal. Anyway, you cut it. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> you, you tell it. Wow. Anyway. Well, yeah. I think Jimmy was very accurate in calling you a badass oh, to yeah. everyone because you are, <laughs> oh, and you're thanks. a descendant of badass women. Um, I am. That's. They, they paved the way. Yeah, absolutely. And now you, with what you're doing and telling your story and able to inspire other women and to have your sons grow up and, you know, see their mom as a badass and for them to then go on and, and um, view other women that they encounter in their lives as such as well. It's like it's it's part of a movement, you know. And it, again, like we said at the beginning of our conversation, International Women's Day, I think that's really cool how mm-hmm. it all ties in. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a a great, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, you, all you. you. (laughs) Oh no, it's just, it's just a, you know, it's a great, it's a great time to be a woman. And I'm really thankful for you guys, you know, taking your time and um, making an effort to share our stories and, you know, give us the opportunity to share, to encourage women to make a choice that they probably wouldn't have. Mm. And I cannot uh, thank you guys enough for um, this is a wonderful platform. I love podcasts. So Mm -hmm. this just makes my community all the better getting to listen to you sweet people talk to these wonderful women about their experiences. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for that, Katie. We we receive that. Yes. You're all glowy. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) Katie, thank you so, so much. Um, We appreciate you. We know that this is going to inspire and empower other women, especially around the farm. I think that's so freaking cool. And, um, yeah, just love and blessings to you and your, your whole family. It's so you guys magical. Too. Mm-hmm. Thank you again. Squeeze that baby for me. Oh, we will. <laughs> she's, she's so cute. She's talking to us right now. She's like, it's been long enough guys. Come and get me. <laughs> yeah. She's like, it's my turn now, please. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Well, Katie, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved. Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.